From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, should you root for your rivals? Is Alex Atkins a weak link? Somebody thinks so. One of the people on this show takes great umbrage with that. Wake Up War Chance presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. 2475 Appalachian Parkway. That is the physical address of this fantastic establishment. And on Fridays, the lunch special from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. is the chicken strip basket. Hand-breaded, served with a dipping sauce, or tossed in a sauce of your choosing, Comes to the side dish of your choosing as well. Straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Your options. You can't go wrong. It's all over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. And don't forget, at 5 o'clock, meet and greet Corey Clark, Jeff Cameron, Tom Lane, Gene Williams, maybe me, maybe Matt Lasserre, maybe Ira, uh, hanging out over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Come out and say hi. Live music as well. And then Hotel Indigo, home for your pregame show. Doors open 12.30. And then a postgame show with Tom Lang and Gene Williams going on about 10, 15 minutes after the game. Pull the curtain back a little bit here, folks, with some scheduling stuff going on around uh, the folks that do this show. We decided to uh, break out the uh, Renegade Express from the other day into two shows. So you heard the first part on yesterday's show. This was recorded a little bit uh, earlier than usual usual for a Friday release and publish, but nothing has really developed here for us to uh, be dated. So we're going to go ahead and rock and roll and let this one fly. So it'll be fun and entertaining, as it usually is. So it's like the second part of the Renegade Express. It's all coming up. Let's get to it. Noel Tiggity 11. Wake up, gentlemen. I just got done chugging vitamin energy. I mowed my yard at full sprint and atomic suplex my neighbor for making the remark, you missed a spot. I am pumped for this week now. On to the important stuff. Will Aslan be pumping gas on all road trips from now on? Uh, no, I, I refuse to touch a gas pump if somebody else is in my presence. I will not do that. Uh, do you think the number of new transfers starting along the offensive line has contributed to the run game? Not quite gelling yet. Are we getting to the point with the portal that much like basketball, it may, team, it, may, it may take teams a few games to really know what they are in football also? A statement for the fan base. Have fun and enjoy the ride. A bumpy ride beats the heck out of going into a ditch. Amen, also, enjoy, um, enjoy the nerves too. Like, isn't that a fun part of being a college football fan? I just remember it from back when, back in the 90s. Like, you'd get real nervous for games or if it was close at halftime. And it's cool to not be apathetic again. Not that Florida State has a necessarily apathetic fan base. But, you know, there were times when over the last five years, especially the previous four, where you're like, ah, whatever. Yeah, I, I have to imagine. It just got so bad. It's cool to care again. Like, really care, because as as Wax said in the last question, you do not know, really, there's no guarantee that you'll ever have a shot like this again. I I foresee Norvell putting together a program that routinely is one of the top 12 in the country, so you should have chances to get to the playoff and see what happens, get to the tournament, but um, but 
but still, it's cool that you're you know you're playing a month with real with real weight to it. Hmm. That's uh, it's neat. It's been a minute. Um, has the offensive line has the, has the new blood uh, contributed to maybe some of the woes? I I don't want to subscribe to that because I believe that they believe when they went and got Casey Roddick, when they went and got Jeremiah Byers, uh, when they went and got Keandre Jones, that they ultimately upgraded over what they had last year. So I, I don't want to say, well, you know, they, they did that under the guise of that it's going to take a few games to get it all figured out. So I, I don't know where that disconnect is because it I, I can connect the dots. I get it, everybody. Like, you know, this guy left. They replaced it with this guy. Now the running attack is not nearly as good as it was. Um, I just the some of this has got to be on the backs too, man. Uh, yeah. There, there cannot possibly be twenty-five rushing attempts and no creases to go through. Uh, there has to be a better trusting in what's there and seeing it, or some better. You know, you've got the ball in your hands, man. You can control what's going on because this is not an abject failure in the offensive line in front of you uh, to yeah. break some plays out as well. So. I can I understand what you're saying, but I'm not ready to go to that point yet. Now, if they struggle again against a team yeah. like Virginia Tech with an undersized, yep. this is such a big litmus yeah. test for them, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, again, the Boston College game, they were running fine, I thought, until Jordan got hurt, and that's not an excuse. You know, there's a lot of teams that can run well if their quarterback doesn't run the ball, but yeah, I, I just think it broke everything. Kind of broke down after that, and then Clemson's Clemson. But I would like to see if they struggle again against Virginia Tech again. If they have 70 rushing yards in the third quarter and all their yards are coming through the air, even as they're trying to run it, then yeah, you're going to be worried that, okay, this is what, this is what this offense is going to be this year. If it's going to move the ball at all, it's going to have to be through the air. Uh, I am Ira Mm. name of the poster. Hello to the great Aslan and the legend that is Corey Clark. I haven't posted it forever, but it is time over under Jordan Travis, 350 passing yards under. Yeah, that's a big, big number, man. Yeah, um, like, he's probably only done that twice in his career, once in his career. Yeah, I mean, three forty would be a great night, and that's still under. Yeah. So I'll take the under. FSU rushing yards one seventy five. Yeah, I'm gonna say over. I, I look if they come out and we'll we'll know so much about what they what their plans are for the rest of this season by how they come out in this game. If they come out and they're okay throwing it 45 times. Well, then they have made a decision. You know, we'll run when we can, but we are we are, we are are dialed into the passing game, and that's what's going to carry us the next eight weeks. But I think they're – I personally think they're going to try to make a commitment to the run, and that's why I think they'll go over. Okay. Um, I'd say the under, I think, on 175. Right. Florida State defense yards surrendered 350 over under. Under. Okay, they have. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't even have their tab open anymore. I was going to see what they've been averaging this year, but I don't have it readily available. Will this team look completely different this week, putting together a complete performance from start to finish? I, Virginia Tech's got a pulse. Yeah. I'd rather, if it was Syracuse, I would say yes, because I think in your guys' eyes and my eyes to a certain degree too, complete performance to me is is utter domination. It's it's building off what they did the second half of last year. It's doing what they did to LSU in the fourth quarter. I think Virginia Tech has a little bit of a pulse. That quarterback's going to be able to string together some first downs. I don't know if they're going to be able to play keep away to the level that Boston College was, but there's probably just not going to be that level of opportunity to really throttle a team because 
they've got a pretty capable quarterback, and you know their defensive coordinator knows you a little bit, so maybe he'll make it a little bit tricky for a, a bit. So I think when we think about complete performance, Corey, we just think about absolutely smashing and annihilating a team. And you know, Syracuse might be that tomato can. I don't think Virginia Tech is. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we, see. We will see. Our Shap, can y'all ask some players what they think about their tomahawks on their helmets, and do they get excited to get them or have competitions with other players about who has more tomahawks? Yeah. You yeah, know, maybe, it's yeah. it, it never even dawns on me because we don't see them in helmets. When they practice, they have those cushy things on. The What are those called? Those, oh, yeah, the, the guardian caps. Yeah, so you don't get to see – how many tomahawks they even have on their helmet? Not I mean, everybody, many... just the linemen, I think. But yeah, they wear like practice helmets. Like their game helmets at practice. Yeah, they don't. They don't have tomahawks on their practice helmets. No, but I'm saying if I saw even the helmet on them, like yeah. the Florida State emblem, the I, I would be like, oh yeah, like, what? I, it would just dawn on me more. Hmm. But you know, does Florida State even do tomahawks anymore on their helmets? They don't wear their uniforms anymore. Uh... So maybe they don't do that. Maybe they're taking the spear off. Actually, I want to go back to that question. I do think it would be cool one time to see the helmet with the state and the state of Florida, like that, that emblem. I, oh, I, I really do yeah. like that one. Yeah, I'm here for it. But the spear is awesome. It is. It is. It is. Derek, XDQ004, wake up. Missed a few weeks, but wanted to get a question in for the week. We appreciate you, Derek. What is the best Virginia, K, uh, Virginia Tech game you have attended? What is the best one overall? I have only attended one. It was 2018. Yikes. I will uh, recuse myself from answering this one, Corey. Um, there's two to choose from. There's obviously the national championship game. I was at that. Um, that I mean, that's the answer. But right. that almost doesn't feel like it should count. That's <laughs> its whole not? separate thing. It's Michael Vick and Peter Warwick. <laughs> you know, it was, Virginia Tech was up in the fourth quarter. Um, it was a close game, and you had Winky hitting uh, – who did he hit? Was it? I think it might have been Dugan. It, it was. Yeah, for the go-ahead score, and then they kind of they they put it away there in the fourth quarter. Um, but the game in 1990, Aslan. I think I brought it up on the show before. I'm sure I have. Florida State was like number three in the country. This was before Virginia Tech was anything. It was like Beamer's second or third year. You had blown them out each of the last two or three years. However many times you'd played them, they hadn't been close. And then all the, Brad Johnson's the starting quarterback. It's before Casey had taken over, Casey Weldon. And in the second quarter, you're down 21 to three, at home. Correct. You play Miami the next week, yeah. and clearly they were looking ahead. They were getting beat. They were getting run over. Florida, uh, ironically, Virginia Tech had like a six-eight receiver. They just would throw jump balls to in the end zone. And then, uh, and then you came back and won. And Terrell Buckley had a crazy pick six to give you give you the lead. The, you, they came back. You had a fumble recover, fumble return for a touchdown to to put the game away. That was a really really exciting game. I'm gonna say that because I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, recuse the the championship game from counting. Okay. And I was at that game. It was a really uh, it was a really fun game for teenage Corey Clark. Do you know who recovered that fumble in the fourth quarter to ice it? Errol McCorby. This guy, everybody. and it was a. Uh, I'm gonna guess it was like a 75, 76 no, yard no. fumble return. 77. Oh, I was right there. That's <laughs> right there. And that was the first season because college football used to be so dumb. That was the first season. Literally, 1990 was the first season they allowed defenses to pick up fumbles and run with them. You couldn't return fumbles otherwise. What? Like it was could, a muff punt. You couldn't advance the ball. Yeah, right. If a, if the if you strip sack the quarterback and he fumbled. 
You could pick it up and run to the end zone and run to a concession stand. It wouldn't matter. You got the ball right where you where you recovered it. Oh my god! You could not advance a fumble. You could not return a fumble for some reason. In 1990 was the first reason they brought that uh, rule, got rid of that dumb rule, and Errol McCorvey scored a touchdown because of it. There we go. Island Chief, wake up! Virginia Tech coming to town. I only attended two Taggart coach games: Boise State, Virginia Tech. Mm. Virginia Tech two, in eighteen. Two ones. Yeah, Virginia Tech in eighteen was the last game we were ranked until Week Five of last season. Yeah. Ooh, those are tough times. Yep. Is there any unit on this team that is playing better than you two expected coming into the season? By season's end, which unit do you think is trending to have improved the most? I no, but see that makes it sound like you're disappointed. No, the wide receivers aren't playing any better than I thought because I thought they were really good. You know what I mean? Like Keon yeah. Coleman and Johnny Wilson are great. I thought the tight ends were going to be really good. They are. Um, the defensive line is playing up to my expectations. The corners are playing up to my expectations. So you know what I mean? Like, Safeties for better or worse are kind of playing to our expectations. Yeah. yeah well, no. With Knowles, it was it was a little bit it was a little bit dicey with Knowles back there. Um, so they, but, but that's but, what I'm saying. Like we yeah. know, we knew they didn't have a lot of depth there. And Correct. The, the depth got tested, and that's what but, it's looked but like. But to say nobody's playing up, nobody's playing exceeded expectations, it ma- makes it sound like they've they, they've all had subpar performances or been disappointing. And I just yeah. don't think that's true. I, I the, really the 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 one position for me, well, two I guess, but they're connect, they're interconnected, and we've already talked about it. Is the O line and the running backs. Um, they have not played. Uh, obviously, Benson hasn't been what we hoped he'd be to start the season, but he's still got plenty of time. He didn't pick it up really until last year around this time, maybe even a little later. And then, um, you know, Toa Feely had the fumble and, you know, whatever. He did get, He did draw that face mask. That was critical. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just don't think that the running backs have been as dynamic, not even close to what they can be and what they will be. What about uh, special teams, the kickers? Yeah, I'd say Mastromano and Fitzgerald have both been better than I expected, I guess. Yeah. and Mastromano's been great. I think we had high expectations and hopes. Maybe high, we had high hopes for the interior of the defense. Yeah. But they're they're playing maybe even a little bit better than yeah, what you that's know, a good, so. That's a good call. They I, I didn't think they would be this. I know it's only four games, but essentially impossible to run on up the middle. Yeah. They just they just build a wall. It's a wall. There's nowhere to go. Um, I did not foresee that, especially when the Daryl Jackson news came. Mm. But they've they've just been really good so far. Um, I guess at this point, probably Corey's first point. I guess by season's end, which unit would be trending to have improved the most? I think if they're playing to the capability on offense, would probably point to what the running backs finally. You know, playing as yeah. well as we thought, or maybe the offensive line paving it a little bit better. So, or maybe you know more receivers getting involved. But mm. you know, overall, these receivers, I know they, you know, they dropped a few or had some rough moments or some, you know, donuts in the case of Keon against Boston College and Johnny against Southern Miss. They've been they've been really good. I can promise you, the Virginia Tech defensive coaches aren't like, man, these receivers kind of suck. Uh, they been they've been a dis- no. They the same with Jordan. They're like, man, this quarterback. He might just light us up. We've got to really play well. Vitaminenergy.com. Promo code WarchantBogo. Warchant B-O-G-O. Use it to buy one item and get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. Be assured, everybody, now that Vitamin Energy has been clinically tested and clinically proven, that each shot 
will increase mental focus, will increase happiness, will increase your energy levels, and much more. All in one little shot, less than two ounces, in fact. 260 milligrams of caffeine to power you throughout the day. Seven hours, likely, of powering through the day when you take a shot of vitamin energy. Remember, they got the Focus Plus. They've got the Mood Plus, Workout Plus, Burner Plus, Vitamin B12 Enhancement, Vitamin D Enhancement. All these options are available over at vitaminenergy.com in their variety packs. So, like, you don't necessarily have to commit to one if you don't know exactly which part of your life you want to enhance. You can get the variety pack. Can't go wrong with that. And when you buy one of those variety packs, you can buy the other variety pack for absolutely free. Free. It's incredible. Vitaminenergy.com. Promo code WORDCHAMPBOGO, B-O-G-O. Shake it and take it, everybody. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Corey, let's hustle. We've hit the uh, hour mark here. Some people Good like grief. it. grief. Let's I go. Know. Quick, 20 seconds. <laughs> P. P. Tingler, 81, wake up. I listen to you guys every day on my way to work, living 30 minutes from Blacksburg and living through the aftermath of the 18 game. I'm hoping it's over by halftime. Uh, maybe send them a case of Vitamin Energy Mood Plus. They're going to need it after the beatdown in Tallytown Saturday. Okay, all right. Uh, do the three of you, Aslan, Corey, and Ira, ever do road trips in the car together? If so, after hearing about Aslan and Ira's road trip back from Death Valley, is it majority rules on when and where you stop, or does Ira pull seniority? Love the show. Keep up the great work. That's just a way to call Ira old. <laughs> um, no, Ira does not. At least when I'm in the car with him, he doesn't. No, it's um, very democratic. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we would go back and forth. I don't know that we've ever I don't think we've never been on a road trip together. We've been in the car together, like if we meet up to drive to the stadium or something. Yeah. yeah we've but never, we've never had like a long, hours-long road trip uh, together, three. The, the three of us. Yeah. And in, in defense of all parties involved in that uh, debacle, if we want to call it that, uh, we, you know, we – Went to Clemson together, Ira and I, like in 2021, we stayed in Atlanta, we met yeah. up with Corey, and then all three of us drove together, then we drove back to Corey's, Corey went home, Ira and I finished out, we stopped in Macon. Like we, it was unprecedented going to Clemson at noon, so like we really didn't know what to do, and it was like, man, right. are we going to are we gonna try to drive back home to Tallahassee? And it was like, yeah, like, we might as well. It, shout out to Corey for really being the, the, the party planner of all this. He was like, stay in Greenville, you idiots, which we did. Yeah. He didn't say idiots, but he's like, why don't you guys stay in Greenville? It's better off that way, which was good. And then I'm like, all right, we'll stop in Macon again on the way back. And he's like, dude, like, you'll get to Macon at like 10 o'clock at night. You might as well just finish it out. And it's like, yeah, we might as well. So, uh, like, had it been a 3.30 game, we would have followed. It's a little dicier, yeah. Yeah, we would have followed the game plan that we had done in 2021. We would have right. stopped in Macon and been fine. But, yeah, we, we're working, which is what Ira pointed out on the way back uh, down with him. It's like, yeah, you folks get done watching a game. It's like, all right, let's. Get back in the car. Let's stop and get gas, eat food, and then let's go home. We're trying to get the war chant wrap up presented by Vitamin Energy. Mm. Ira's got to read Corey's column. Ira's yeah. also got all the wheels turning in his head about wanting to do his three, two, one, and wanting to write a story. So it, there's a lot of things going on where it's not just like, all right, let's have this really efficient, effective ride back. Uh, but maybe next time we'll, you know, I'll, I'll I'll try to map it out a little bit better. So 
somebody doesn't get called out on the other's podcast. And right, right. We well, have a you civil started war. it. You started it. Well, I thought it was whatever. Birmingham FSU, Beham FSU. Wake up. Hello from the magic city of Birmingham, birthplace of the great Bobby Bowden. There you go. Fast start seems to be the key to the game this week. If we win the coin toss, should Mike Norvell take the ball and score first? No. Okay. I, I like that question. Giving the defense an early lead, just no, don't go away. If there's any identity to this team, it's just going to be we defer to the second half. Well, but also, like, they have done a good job against LSU. Didn't they score on their first drive coming out? Um, Clemson, they scored a field goal to tie the game. It's just knowing you get the ball to start the second half in a close game is a is a is a good thing. And like so, they got a field the Boston goal, College game, field goal against LSU to start the second. Yeah, half. Yeah, field goal against LSU, field goal against Clemson, touchdown against Boston College. Yeah, um, they they do pretty well coming out of halftime, and it's it's just I think no no you you want the ball to start the second half. It's like deferring in overtime. You want to get the ball last in overtime. You just do. Uh, but that said, you don't have to be so bad to start the game defensively. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, they're so bad defensively. Why not try to take the ball, go down the field, score, and then you have a lead? But also, the defense can just go get that stop. And then, you, then you're then you going to have a lead, and then you can finish the first half with points, like you did against Boston College, and then start the second. All right, Clemson. That's a good – that's a better example, right? Like, mm-hmm. Clemson, you were down 17-7 to 7 with, like, I don't know, two minutes to go in the first half. By the time Clemson really got the ball back with a chance to do anything, it was 17-17. So it worked out. Bradley Moss, wake up. With all the talk about polls, resume, strength of schedule, I know we need the rest of our opponents to be as strong as possible, but I'm a little torn. We need the teams mainly, like rivals Clemson, Miami, and Florida, to have good seasons. So if we beat them, the wins would boost our resume, but at the same time, we don't want them to do well, obviously, and pick up any kind of momentum in recruiting and things of that nature. Right. What should we be rooting for? Would love to get your guys' thoughts. Thanks, and as always, go Knowles. I think you always want to root for pain, like the the the, the immense amount of pain that you can that, that your your rival fan base can can experience. Maybe not with Clemson, because you've already played them. But I think maybe you'd want to play Miami if they had three losses and you give them their fourth loss and they don't have as much belief. Maybe you want to give Florida its seventh loss. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think it's going to be hard for you guys to live that life. Like, if you win your games, you're going to be, you're going to win the ACC, you're going to be in the playoff, if you win all of them. Right. So at that point, what would have been the, what would have been the point of even rooting for Miami or Florida to have good seasons? You just don't want that. You, I think you want your two main in-state rivals to perpetually be six and six. That's what you should be rooting for. I think, personally. Yeah, you're not wrong. I just think with the schedule this year, you need some quality wins. So you want you want one of them. And I, I think you don't want it to be Florida. And then behind that would be Miami, the worst case. And like Clemson would be a little bit more – you can stomach that a little bit better because you don't maybe go as much head-to-head with them. But I don't think they're that likely to, you know, right the ship and end up being a 10-2 and team this year. Right. Like Miami probably is is that team. And for the sake you talked about having those nerves and the glory dynasty days of like enjoying these wins. Like that's what made playing Miami and beating Miami so enjoyable is that they were villains and they were great. And I would like that. But yeah, like let's not get carried away and have Miami mess around and be an 11-1 team. That wouldn't be great because like Mario's going to stick around there for a few years. Like Billy Napier 
yeah, let Florida lose and be horrible, and he gets fired, and it's funny and everything. Right. Um, which you still want Miami to be horrible, but like you won't. You need one more quality win because it seems like the LSU win is not going to hold up, and I'm not sure Clemson will either. So. I was never the guy that was like, I hope Miami or I hope Florida comes to the game 11-0 and we can derail their national championship hopes. I was the Corey Clark pain. I want pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe just for this year. Nope. You know, nope. Miami's 7-1. Well, and one. Okay. They can have one loss coming. Yeah, in. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. But then after Which that, is probably the most they can have anyway if you look at that. I guess they play Clemson. Do they play Clemson before Florida State? I can't remember. I it doesn't so. matter. This show's gone too long. Okay. Next question. <laughs> NYC, Noel, wake up, gents. It's game week. After reading Corey's article on things we'd like to see, I would like to add how about quarterback pressure from the front four uh, without having to blitz. It was a glaring uh, – it's glaringly missing uh, from the Clemson game. In all honesty, something I thought we would see more of. How can a group as talented and deep as this bunch kind of be pedestrian in this area? Uh, well, they're double-teaming Jared and, you know – getting the ball out of their hands maybe a little bit faster than usual, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I think the front four has been okay with pressuring. It hasn't been feasting. Um, but, again, I, I thought they were, you know, when you look at the interception they had against Boston College, Jared versus tackling as he throws it. Um, same thing in another game. Maybe that's the Southern Miss game. He almost had the strip sack against Jaden Daniels. Um, Briggs barely played. So make of that what you will. Like getting him maybe closer to full health. Is a, is a bigger deal than we certainly would have realized in August. Um, if he was even hurt, I, I legitimately don't know. That's not me being coy. I don't remember. I can't remember. Um, but, you know, I just think that they've been they've been fine. They just, uh, to his point, I, they, they do need to be a little bit better. But I think you're about to play Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke. I think they will be better against the, these three outfits coming up. Also, I have to mention it again, as I did a year or so ago, Florida State has the best tradition in all of college football, the best traditions, plural. Mm. But I have to point it out yet again, Miami is not an automatic sod game. You both said it was on last week's show, and I was disappointed again. Uh, But they don't deserve that type of recognition from us. I understand it might be hard to hear about FSU traditions from a Yankee, but that's how it irks. Uh, But that's how it irks listed. I don't know. That didn't make sense, NYC. No, get better at your grammar. Aslan, you can hey, look at you. Hey, take it easy. <laughs> Aslan, you can look it up again as you did last time. Thanks for the great work, and until next time, go Knowles. We love NYC, Knowles. He's got the Paul Gleason two-month two spender. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, sorry. Uh, I got it wrong again. Um, again, hey, it's all coach's discretion ultimately, apparently, so it's it's a fluid situation. Noel 23, we got a few more, Corey, I promise. Uh, but this is a long one. I should have probably pared it down. I'm going to read I all wonder of it. why they only did it for Florida and not Miami. It's a good, when you think yeah. about the worst losses in Florida State history, and I know they've had some painful ones against Florida too, just like Florida has with Florida State, but the most painful by far are in the Orange Bowl. So why would that not – why would the swamp be an automatic sod game but not Miami? I want to know the reasoning for that. Okay. NYC, no. Get back to me on that, dog. Like, you're right. We apologize. But why? Why is Florida an automatic sod game and Miami isn't? Okay, Noel 23. Man, I'm so thirsty and my bottle of water is out of water. And we got three more questions and this one's three paragraphs. But we're going to try. Okay. 
Noel23, wake up. I have a question that I haven't seen brought up. Why does the War Chant staff continually question Adam Fuller's ability to coach the defense, yet Alex Atkins gets a hall pass? Florida State's offensive line has been the team's weak link for all four years that Alex has been with the team. Yikes. However, all we hear from the War Chant staff is what a great uh, coach Atkins is while continually questioning Fuller's competency. While I agree the defense can be a problem at times, all three losses last year were on the offense, and if the Knowles hadn't pulled it out against Clemson, the loss would have been because of the offense disappearing in the second half and being outscored by the defense in regulation. If you go back to all three losses last year, the offense went five to six series in a row without scoring. Florida State didn't score on the last five possessions against Clemson and only gained 70 yards in those five series, 41 on the final drive. In each of those games, the offensive line was overwhelmed. While the offensive line is better than it was four years ago, it has not improved the way the rest of the team has. I don't remember the last game that I thought the offensive line was better than the opponent. Maybe Southern Miss, but definitely not Clemson, Boston College, LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, etc. I was watching ACC Network last week. They said Miami has completely revamped their offensive line and has gone from a weakness to a strength in one stinking year. And yet our offensive line continues to be the wink link. Thoughts? Uh, I disagree. I don't know how else to say it. They finished last year, man, running for over 200 yards in seven straight games. That's the first time in program history they had done that. And you're going to say that Alex Atkins is the weak link? Admitting how bad it was four years ago and what they took over, which was the worst Power 5 offensive line in the United States. It was an absolute train wreck. It was an embarrassment what that offensive line had become at the end of Jimbo's tenure and then all of Willie's tenure. It was an absolute abject horror show. And then last year, they finished off the season, again, including against Clemson, rushing for over 200 yards in seven straight games and having efficiency-wise somewhere in the neighborhood of the number 10 to number 12 offense in the country. When two years prior, it had been, I don't know, number 80, and in 2009, 2018, you know, just 2018, DeAndre Francois is is flipping Abdul Bello's hand away. Like, I don't pick me up, man. I'm tired of getting hit. And then four years later in that same building, you beat him 38 to three and run for over 250 yards. Alex Atkins is a big part of that. Uh, now, does Adam Fuller get too much grief from? Well, everyone. It's not just the War Chant staff. It's everyone. I think Ira and I are a little, and Aslan too, are a little easier on him than other people in the, in you know, on our site or in our organization. But, um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't say that. I, w- I don't know how you would look and say Alex Atkins is the weak link. Now, the offensive line has not performed well this year, but what he did with the offense. So maybe that maybe he's plateaued. Sure, maybe it's down in the ditch now. But from what he did, what they had in 2020 to what they became in 2022 when they finished off again until the Oklahoma game was seven straight games of 200 yards rushing. Oklahoma game, they didn't rush for many yards, I don't think, maybe over 100. But they threw for over 400 and won the game. And they've still scored 30 points in like 10 straight games, which is the second longest streak in the country. So the, the OC is doing okay. Is that fair, Aslan? Absolutely. All right. Two more. That was just weird. It's just weird. Like, I get that they haven't played well this year. Um, well, here's the thing. Can't you defend Alex uh, or Adam Fuller without putting down Alex Atkins? Yeah, that was so, that's just that's bizarre. And also, I mean, look, at the end of the day, unlike the defense where Mike Norvell has very little say over it, he's not a defensive coach. 
Uh, he, he's been an OC. He calls the plays in this offense. You, you know, I think when it comes to criticizing the offense, game plan wise or play call wise, we typically mention Norvell because he's the one calling plays. Alex Atkins, that, I'm not trying to diminish Alex Atkins' role in the offense because he does game plan. That is a part of his job. He is not calling plays on Saturdays, though. That's the other guy. So when we maybe criticize certain decisions that are made within the course of a game, that's why it typically goes to Norvell and Atkins' name isn't brought up. MyBookie.ag promo code is WarChance. What does it do, though, Aslan? What does it do? It gives you an instant cash deposit bonus based on a percentage of whatever you deposit into your account when you sign up for the first time over at MyBookie. You can bet on the uh, NFL, obviously. You can bet in their live casino. That's open all the time. So you don't have to chase a loss on a Wednesday night. Let's say if Jacksonville State or Middle Tennessee State didn't work out in your favor, let's say. It's all there for you over at MyBookie.ag. A reminder, the competition's back on because we, we bet responsibly over here. We waited for like five weeks of data before we put our names behind these picks uh, to help out your weekends. It's all for entertainment, everybody. Probably shade us. Corey's picks, Texas A&M hosting Alabama and getting two and a half. Now it's one and a half. But I think Corey will stick with the Aggies. Uh, Aggies, one and a half points they're getting at home against Alabama. He's going to take that one, although maybe maybe don't use that. But it's going to be in your picks, Corey. It's going to be in the competition. Uh, and then Dion. On the road, in Tempe, taking on Kenny, catching four. He's going to go ahead and think that uh, Dion's going to get it done. I'm going under on the 52.5 between Cal and Oregon State. It's now 51.5. I don't like that number, but we'll stick with what we did because uh, Mama didn't raise no fool. And then Fresno, will they finally lose? I think so. Now Wyoming's catching six at home which should probably make me a little bit nervous, but we're going to we're gonna dig our heels in on that one. So I think Wyoming will cover plus six at home. So I got Wyoming plus six. I've got the under on 52.5, 51.5, Oregon State and Cal. Corey's got Texas A&M plus one and a half, and he's got Colorado minus four. Use your picks as you'd like over at mybookie.ag where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Gio Noel, wake up. Hello, my awesome podcast crew, 100 emoji. Um, or maybe 100 for the rest of the year. I would do my best with the game plan for Jaden Daniels for the next three weeks. I would also leave the two starting linebackers in more than what they have been. And if I did run a second unit, it would be numbers 18 and 10 
All right, that's fair. Yeah. I would also try and let Conrad Hussey get some game experience before Miami. My question now for the both of you is how big of a difference does Jamie Robinson make if he had returned? Much love to the best duo to ride with. Yeah, very big. Uh, look, I, I, I'll even go as far to say that if Jamie Robinson was on the team right now, they would be undefeated. Mm. How about that, Aslan? I mean, let's, I, mean, I thought you were always scared about being on freezing cold takes, Corey. That was... <laughs> I know. Put right? your neck out there. No, but uh, you know, I think he. Look, man, he's a, he's a game-changing type player. He's a very good. Um, he was a he was a very good uh, safety for this program. Made a bunch of plays near the line of scrimmage. Was good in the in the run game. Just everything. He was good. He's a good player. Um, I wish he was playing more with the Panthers. He's on their team. Hmm. I looked him up the other day because he's the highest graded player on the team in special teams. Oh, wow. But he, I don't think he's played a snap of defense yet. For the Panthers, but he's on the team. He's making money. Um, I, I just think, yes, Jamie Robinson would make this team. Uh, you would feel just that much better about this defense. He he would be. Uh, he's a difference maker. I don't know how else to put it. He's an, he was an NFL player, and uh, he's not on your team anymore. Last one, but certainly not least, Gator Kirk, our guy in Virginia Beach. This one's got to be a big one for him. Wake yeah, up, yeah. Who would you like to see on offense and defense have a breakout game versus Virginia Tech? Also, thanks for answering my sod question. Still don't believe it met the standard. Disappointed Mike Norvell would not hold it to the original standard. Um, are there still over-under questions posted on WordChant for games? Yeah, it's a competition with a form over on Google that you fill out, Gator Kirk, and you can actually win $25 to Garnet and Gold. So I'll, nice. uh, by the time you're listening to this, I'll probably have the over-unders up. Corey, feel free to give me one for the game if you'd like. By the time you're listening to this, the game will have started. Because this is the longest <laughs> show in the history of podcasts. This oh, is like a Joe Rogan show. Oh, stop it. All right, uh, offense, defense, breakout. Blake Nicholson on defense. Gio wants to see number 18 out there. How about Blake Nicholson, who did some really good work in coverage in yeah, practice yeah. this week? He might. I think he's their best cover linebacker already. I mean, that's not a high bar to clear. He's really good at it right now. It looks to be anyway. But he's a freshman. It would be nice if they could get some leads in these games where you'd feel comfortable putting him and, as you mentioned, Hussey out there because you would like them to get game experience. It's just you're not going to do it at Clemson, and you probably thought you could do it in Boston, and then you melt it away. So uh, it would be nice at least a couple of games in this month those guys got real game experience, maybe with the with the ones too because I think I, I, I just I have a feeling just I just have a feeling they want to play those guys. But it's hard. you got to pull the trigger, and you don't want to pull the trigger, and then you give up an easy six because you've got a freshman on the field that doesn't quite know what he's doing yet. All right, breakout game. If I gave you either Destin Hill or Trey Benson, and I know you can say one has been established on the national landscape, but just in terms of this season, who would you rather see breakout, Corey? Would you rather see Destin Hill or Trey Benson breakout? Trey Benson. Okay. Just because of what it would mean for how the offense was performing. Oh, but can you say the same thing for Destin Hill? I mean, shoot, if he goes five for, like, 100? Well, yeah, that would be I guess be breakout a, for him could technically also be four for 50. A breakout for him would be two for 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I still think Benson, the overall importance he has to the team, like, you've seen this offense. Jaheim Bell is their slot receiver right now, essentially. Yeah. This offense is still done pretty well in the passing game. I do want to see other guys get established. But and I do want to see them become weapon, the weapons that I know they are, especially Destin Hill. I, 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 I really think, Aslan, Destin Hill might be the best receiver on the team this time next year. Okay. He'll be the guy. I, I just, I'm that high on him as a, as a receiver. 
so I would like to see him become a part of the offense. But I just think Trey Benson has been a, a, a sleeping giant, and he needs to wake up. Uh, I lied. There's actually two more. Let's go to What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Uh, right. Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Say goodnight to WarChant.com. Thumbs up for Corey sticking it out this entire time on the longest podcast in podcasting history. Mm. Uh, thanks for hanging around, everybody. We'll do another show for you tomorrow, believe it or not. Who, what we're going to talk about, who knows? We squeeze the stone, but we'll be back. All right, of course we will not be back tomorrow because that would be Saturday, and that would be crazy. Uh, just felt like we should have left uh, the way the show was recorded in its full capacity just so you could feel you could feel the fatigue starting to wear down on us. Uh, but we, we bared down. We made it happen. So thanks for listening, as always, everybody. Pre-game show, doors open, 1230 Hotel Indigo on Saturday. Jeff Cameron, Tom Lang, getting you ready for the big game. ACC home opener, everybody. Post-game show, 10 to 15 minutes at the conclusion of the Virginia Tech-Florida State game. Gene Williams, Tom Lang, DeLuna Coffee, making it happen. Corey Clark, Irish Chauffel, Vitamin Energy, War Chant Rap. That'll drop as well after the game. It'll all be at WarChant.com. It'll all be on WarChant TV. That's our YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to WarChant.com. Hit the thumbs up. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll plan it out better next week, we promise. We love all of you. Hit the thumbs up, please. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you again. For listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.